You're listening to 50 Plus a Tip, the show for strippers, ethical sluts, and other open-minded hoes. Hey guys, welcome back. It's Danica. And Riley. And this is our season three finale. So we are very excited. It's probably going to be a long one because we have a lot of shit to talk about. And apologies in advance if our voices are a little fucked up because your bitches be working lately. So how's that? How's work been for you the last three weeks? Um, It's finally starting to like get a little bit busier you know it, it was obviously because of COVID and with COVID restrictions things quieted down a little bit but it's always really great to uh um you know see it pick up a little bit again and it, it's just like it takes the stress off a little bit right um but yeah I've had some interesting characters for sure I've dealt with some interesting people but how's uh work been for you we've worked a lot together actually I cannot get away from you honestly <laughs> I'm back <laughs> Literally every time I walked into your house, I was like, yes, he's back, 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 back again. <laughs> yeah, no, work's been good. Um, March was really slow, and I feel like that was for a lot of the girls I know. When I checked in with them, they're like, yeah, March sucked. Um, no clue why, I guess. Is that when, like, the new COVID things came out? I feel like that was more like this week, month. Uh, new COVID things would have been end of last month. Yeah, so yeah, I wonder why, like, the majority of March was shit, but um, I saw two different sets of couples um, in the last few weeks, um, just, like, hanging out with them, because they were, I guess, like, super high and needed company, um, and then you were you were there for one of them. Yeah, it was a, a day gig, and they were Love still it. up. Love that for us. And uh, we drank wine, and we watched um, Marrying Millions. Was yeah. It, was it? Yeah, yeah. it's a good, way, a good way to make money. You know, they're very, very sweet. Yeah. Um, and then... What else happened? I had two gigs where the guys were insanely fucking cheap, and they thought the base, like, would include, like, dances and, like, shows, and we were like, no, sir. And I even asked them, I was like, can you show me the booker's message to you? Because, like, I know, I don't know what goes on either, and I want to know that I'm not getting set up by a booker. I want to make sure that there was clear communication so I can, like, you know, stand by what I'm saying. Yeah. And, yeah, the bookers were solid. They said, you know, this cover is just based on show up for X amount of hours, and then, you know, dances are this much, shows are this mm-hmm. much, whatever. Um... And I was like, no, she clearly stated right here. They're like, oh, I don't know. It's like, well, I do because it's literally clear. It's, like, it's right here. Right here, so. So that was fucking annoying. I had two of those gigs um, that were the, just, like, the time, like, trickles by. Um, and then they're just, like, glaring at you the whole time because they're like, I don't want, I want free shit. And you're like, yeah, I'm getting free shit. And I'll sit here and we'll stare at you until my time passes. Um, hire me. <laughs> <laughs> so enticing. <laughs> You'll get your money's worth and nothing more. <laughs> um, <laughs> You'll get exactly what you pay exactly. for. Exactly. <laughs> um, but fuck this. Uh, this first week of April, um, it's been, it's been pretty good. I think probably because a long weekend. Um, happy belated Easter to all y'all. Happy Jesus Death Day. Yeah, I love that for us too. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it's been. It was busy. I worked. Uh, there was like a nineteen-hour straight period. Um, where I got home and I had two hours myself to have a quick nap and then and back at it. So hence the raspier than usual voices um, going on on both on both of us uh, today and probably a lot of like the uh, uh, you'll have to deal with 
That's not my sex sound. That's like, <laughs> to play. I don't want no, to no, sound no, like I, that. that. I would know. <laughs> that's exactly her sex that sound. Is, that is it. Um, <laughs> any memorable people at any work gigs for you? None that I wish to remember. Right. <laughs> uh, no, the couple was very sweet. Um, they had good dynamic. One of them. Uh, the other, no, both were good, but one stood out more. I was like, I enjoyed their company. And um, there was a lovely gentleman that you and I uh, tag-teamed <laughs> in a non-sexual way. Um, yeah, how, how thoughts on that? <laughs> I mean, first of all, he was high as a kite, having the time of his Thought, life. That's probably one of the most high people I've ever encountered in all my years. And yeah, I, I yeah, and I yeah, like see, I've seen some shit. And that, <laughs> but yeah, we were chilling, and this fucker would stand probably a decent nine meters away from us in the corner, just staring at a wall or at us, and then every now and again he'll be like, "Hey, what are you guys talking about? Come here. What are you guys doing?" And then we'd Come go here. over there, and he would just stare at us again. Yeah. I just wonder, like, what is our thoughts going on in their head? Or is it literally like, just, like, a blackout? Like, there's nothing. Yeah, I have no Like, idea. I, don't, I don't do drugs. I have no clue what that high is like. I mean, it must be good. A lot of people be doing it. But, um, yeah. And then it was funny because, um, you know, obviously some people get paranoid when they're a high. And I was in the washroom, and I came out, and he had, like, barricaded the door. And I was like... With his goddamn snake blonde. Like. Yeah, I was like, please don't do that. <laughs> I did not like that. I'm not like feeling like I'm getting barricaded in somewhere. Um, but no, but jokes that he was a very, very nice guy. Um, I enjoyed his company. Uh, I'd love to have what he's having and get on his level because... <laughs> he was having a great time. He was, yeah. We don't know where he was, what he was doing. He was doing. not there, but <laughs> he was having a great time wherever he was. Uh, no, those are, those are good gigs when you're just like... You know, it's stories, and like you, know, you were having a fun time. We're we're laughing. We're in the hot tub. We're you know we're yeah yeah yeah. I feel like I took like five hundred showers um, because I'm just I don't know, like I hate being cold. I fucking hate being yeah, cold. Yeah, his place was freezing. Yeah, and I don't fuck with being cold. So like, at least it was like the only time I could be warm is if I took like a scalding shower. Um, plus, it's a little like little mini breaks, you know, to get yeah. away. Um, but no, yeah, that was that was an interesting. Uh, Interesting. It was daytime, day two as well. Day two, daytime gig. Yeah, we've had some good daytime gigs. Oh, guys, that's what you're going to have to deal with this episode. I'm sorry. We warned you. Um, this is what happens when you actually work. Uh, <laughs> fucks our whole shit up. I've never heard us like this before. <laughs> fucks our whole shit up. Um, yeah. No, work's, work's been good. Um, what else did we get up to lately? We had a girlfriend's birthday. Yeah, we celebrated uh, a good friend of ours. 30th birthday. Yeah. Old balls. Yeah. Tits hitting the floor. Actually not, though. <laughs> She's got the she done. Got a job. <laughs> it's that time of, that time of your life where you yeah. start just, you know, re- refurnishing. <laughs> exactly yeah. that. Um, yeah, so we went over to my place and we had some uh, mimosas and cake, birthday cake. Mm, um, that cake was good. As the kids say, what, it slaps? What they say? I think so. Yeah? I think so. Write us and let us know if the kids say it slaps. I saw it on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> so it's got to be legit. Never have we aged ourselves so much. <laughs> I saw it on the TikTok. I saw it on the TikToks. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then we went to Black and Blue, which was yeah, really nice. Yeah, they had the patio open, which was super cute. Yeah. I like that. I've, uh, I'd never been there, but it was, it was really good. Yeah, I like Black and Blue. Yeah. Yeah, their patio is nice, especially in the summertime. Now, that's good. Um, I am, once again, 
trying to go lighter with the hair and it's just hating on me. So I've been using the Truly Lifestyle brand, which we always plug you guys, uh, Truly Plus a Tip discount code. Um, and the shampoo, I said before, I think that it like, it lathers really well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when people are like, oh, you just have to use a dime. And I'm like, okay, cool, 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 cool. And then I just like use the whole bottle. <laughs> yeah. Um, cause I've always had like long, thick hair, <sighs> luscious, long locks. Um, but for real, like you just use like a quarter and it just like, it lathers really well. And it like makes your hair feel clean, you know, like your like those some products where it's just like your hair feels like refreshed and clean. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It feels like that, and then the the conditioner makes it like fucking proper soft. Yeah, I was curling your hair for you uh, the other day for our girlfriend's thirtieth, and it felt really healthy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's nice to do. Let's not. We don't got a lot of listeners. Ain't that healthy right now? But we getting there. Um. So yeah, we are. We are in the process. I want to get to like a. Uh, like a really white ashy blonde. Mm-hmm. Then I'm so I might as well just go all the way to fucking white and then bring it back. More you know, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm gonna commit to this now. But aside from that, we've been chatting this week about things we want to review, and and we always kind of give each other, you know, listen to the episode, watch the show, um, and whatnot. And I saw a fellow sex worker I know. On her Instagram, she was talking about the Call Her Daddy, which the podcast a lot of people know. Um, I have mixed feelings about the podcast, as I've voiced before. Uh, they had uh, Mia Khalifa on, who was a very prominent uh, porn star. Kind of like everyone kind of knew her name. She was like a she was like a next Sasha Gray. Um, so even if you didn't like fuck with porn, you still knew those names. Um, so she was on. And I told you to list it because I wanted to kind of discuss our thoughts on it. What are some of your takeaways from that episode? You know, I'm not very... Call Her Daddy didn't really touch on what happened with um, Mia Khalifa in terms of, like, uh, I guess she had a really bad experience in porn or something came out of it. Do you know what happened? Uh, No, I don't actually... I don't know what they were referring to, which is one of the comments I was going to say as well, is that... um, you know, they allude to this huge video situation, but then don't say what it is, which is going to make people, because they're like, oh, we don't want it, we don't want that to paint you, or we don't want that to be a fixation. But then not saying it is going to make people go investigate and look further into yeah. it, bring more attention to it. So I think it was kind of um, kind of opposite effect of what they want. Um, I didn't bother looking into what they were specifically talking about. We probably just could have gone to the comment section and find out if we weren't so lazy. But when, from what I remember, the reason why Mia Khalifa really got a lot of attention was because she did porn with a, um, a hijab a hijab on. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, um, and I think that's what she... I think that's why she got a lot... She, why she became kind of infamous... And then I think, like, the reason why she's coming back into the spot, like, now is because, um, good old, you know, Tic Tacs, um, there's, I guess, like, a, a thing going around, and part of the audio is from a diss track that was made about Mia Khalifa, and then people, like, look into it, and then just kind of bring her back and trending again mm-hmm. um, right now. But the reason why she was so problematic is because of the um, porn she made with the hijab. I'm pretty sure that's what they are alluding to. I don't know why they don't just quickly, like, say it. Yeah. Like, you know, that problematic video you made with a costume that people found offensive. You know, but instead yeah. they made this whole, like, secretive thing, which I thought was kind of, um, yeah. Not very, like, yeah. 
that, but yeah, poor choice because you're you don't want to draw attention to it, but then you're like alluding to it in a mysterious way. It's always going to entice people to look mm-hmm. into it more. Um, but yeah, what else? What else did you think? Um, I honestly didn't really have a problem with anything that was said. To be honest, like I think that. Um, People are always, you know, if you have a really terrible um, experience in the sex worker industry and you're going to talk about that, then it's you like you have to expect that it's going to come up negative and not like, I, you know, like sex work is amazing for everyone, but it just wasn't for me. So I think that was like one of the things that our girlfriend kind of responded to was that it, it made it sound like sex work was kind of like people needed to be saved from it. Yeah. And I think... Um well, just to, like, recap for the listeners who haven't listened to that episode. Um, me, yeah, me and Khalifa is known for wanting to exit the porn industry. And she was very po- problematic for, like we said, the things she had done while she was in it. And she's spoken now about there should be ethical porn and how she was not happy in the porn industry, that she felt she was exploited, um, that she wasn't properly compensated for her work and her scenes. Um and that's kind of what she's talking about mm-hmm. in the Call Her Daddy episode. Uh, some of my takeaways, um, I like that right from the bat, off the bat, she starts um, promoting therapy. Yeah. I think that's good. I think that's um, a great thing to get out there. And I've had issues with Call Her Daddy because a lot of their shit I find very problematic with, um, to me, they seem very uneducated about many of the topics they talk on and they promote it like they know what they're talking on. And the kind of way they approach uh, sexuality, I find is very, like, I know, how do I say it? Like, I don't like overtly crude for, like, sense of, like, I don't know. I'm the cool girlfriend, like, fucking eat my asshole. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, just, like, I don't know. Like, it's just the way, it, they, I think they try too hard. I mean, like, we talk about eating asshole and shit. But, you know... In a very mundane way. Very <laughs> mature, put-together yeah. way. Very classy over here. You would have thought we were discussing what we had for lunch, you know. Right? Just it's salad. Us. Just eating salad. Toss <laughs> <laughs> and salads. Uh. Um, but, yeah, I, don't, I think they just rub me the wrong way. I think it's because they're young and dumb, and they come off young and dumb. Um... But maybe I'm just old and I don't relate to the kids anymore. But anyway. Um, it doesn't I, slap for you. It doesn't. No, no slaps. No slaps. <laughs> Light taps, perhaps. Um, but no, this episode, I actually, like, I, I appreciated that they talked about therapy. I think Alex, who is the host, um, approached this episode with more maturity than I've seen her. And just, like, more articulate than I've listened to her in other episodes. Um so yeah, I like that they promote therapy. Um, I disagree with the idea that they alluded to something but never actually spoke about it. It makes people more interested to look into it. Um, Alec made a comment at one point that she said that it's damaging um, to play two different people in regards to um, Mia acting in porn and then and disassociating. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also like think, don't we all you know, play different people? Maybe some more dramatically than others, but... If you're a lawyer, the way you're conducting yourself in the courtroom and the way you present yourself in the office is dramatically different um, than what you do in your personal life. And that's in every everyone's world. Yeah, I mean, I took it to the sense that, like, obviously Mia Khalifa was dissociating herself so much that it wasn't healthy and she didn't want to be that other part of her. Mm-hmm. And in which case, yeah, yeah, that's obviously a, a sign of when you need to get out. Like, I don't yeah. think it's, like, I don't think the emphasis was on the playing two different people. I think it was 
one of them is to the, uncomfortable for you. Yeah, and to the degree that you're playing yeah. to different people. Yeah, no, no, I think you're right. Um, I also echoed the idea that they, they said that um, when you don't have friends, because she was talking about how she was had moved to somewhere, and when she was doing porn, like, she didn't really have any friends, no close, no close people. Her family wasn't talking to her at that point. Um, and she had really no support group. When you feel really isolated, um, it can be really dark, and you can make choices that you wouldn't have made had you had a healthy support system around mm-hmm. you. Um, I think that's an important thing to note. I know I, you know, I heard a, a man that I really loved um, when I was living, you know, in Kelowna, and I felt like I didn't have people around me and no one to, like, check in with when I had, like, you know, like, when I, yeah, when I was alone um, and when I was going through dark stuff. So... Um, I think that's, that's an important thing to mention so people can understand where she, her, where her headspace was, um, rather than just being like, oh my, I can't believe she did that type of porn or she's so problematic. It's never that simple. No, definitely not. Um, they also, near the ending, they made a comment about how, um, your sex and your intimacy should be mutually pleasurable and you should work to create a safe space um, for you and your partner. And I thought that was a very smart and needed and necessary comment to make, especially I feel like the way Call Her Daddy approaches a lot of sex, or at least they used to, I haven't listened to it um, in a while, um, was was a very immature approach to it. So I think that was, it was nice to hear her say that. Um, I do agree with what you said. I feel like our girlfriend, when she was talking about it, took it as, um, I don't know, not offensive of how Mia Khalifa was talking about the porn industry, but I remember her making a comment that, like, she was approaching it like, we're all victims and we need saving, but I didn't really take that, I I didn't get that takeaway, did you? I didn't get that either, and I think that actually the host mentioned at one point, like, she's not a sex worker, so she doesn't really know what it's like, and they, I felt like they were just talking about Mia Khalifa's. Yeah, I don't think they were. Yeah. Yeah. And if, you know, like, if my work now or if your work now led to having death threats and no friends and your family disowning you, like, I would probably feel like I needed help out of it as well, you know? I, I, yeah, I think that they did a very good job of making sure that they were just talking about her experience as opposed to sex work as a whole. And not, yeah, overgeneralizing for everyone or making it like we're all, you know, um survival sex workers and, mm-hmm. and that, which I think a lot of people who are in the sex industry approach it like that. Um, so as much as I find Call Her Daddy problematic in certain ways, um, I think she they did a good job with this interview. I agree. Yeah, I do. Another thing we are going to review is an exciting a new thing coming up. Um, it's a podcast right now called Welcome to Your Fantasy, and I sent it to you and was like, listen to this. Yes. Because... My, a good buddy of mine, um, he's in the works of becoming a director for a docu-series covering this. Um, so, guys, look out for that. I'll definitely keep you posted when I have more information. It's in very much in the starter phase right now. But I told I told Riley, I, I told you, uh, go listen to this podcast because it's it slaps. It's <laughs> slapity slap. Slappy slap. Um, yeah, I'm probably two and a half, three episodes in, so okay. I still have, I think it's eight total. Yeah, yeah. It's I, not super long, so you guys can easily list it. Like 30 to 45 minutes each each um, episode, and it is about the rise of Chippendales and how that kind of became a thing and how they ended up 
going what on are Chippendales? Chippendales are the uh, male strippers. I'm pretty sure they still have the show going on in Vegas, but they ended up being like a worldwide tour of, um, I think it was the first group of male strippers. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's what kind of Magic Mike um, had, was uh, inspired by and mm-hmm. all these things like that. Yo, um, your voice sounds rough, dude. So does mine. Oh, I know. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was listening to you talk like, wow, we sound rough. I feel like a six-year-old smoker. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Go on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then of course, uh, there were some murders that happened as well relating it's to ca- that. Yeah, of course. Obviously, casual murder. Yeah, yeah. Casual murders. As one does. Um, <laughs> but no, it's it's really good. It's, uh, it's kind of a quicker-paced podcast as well. Mm-hmm. It's got lots of... Um, uh, clips from people being interviewed and also the narrator I don't know I, I'm I'm really enjoying listening to it so I'm excited to see um, and it's just something that I've never known like you never kind of question how these things start or why these things start and then as you start to hear about it you're like oh. yeah backstory and stuff yeah, yeah I think I feel like brilliant. Chippendales is pretty uh, pretty well-known name um, and most probably people don't know the actual story of Chippendales so and it's nice also kind of to hear it from like um, to hear like the male side of stripping because it's something yeah. that we don't really get to talk about a lot and obviously we can't talk on it. Um, also, we weren't alive when Chippendales was at its height. Um, so yeah, go check out that podcast. It's called Welcome to Your Fantasy and I think you're listening to it on Apple Music. Spotify. Apple. It's a Spotify original so I don't know okay. if it is on other ones. Okay, yeah. Spotify original so check it out on Spotify and I will keep you guys posted um, when there's more stuff in the works about it becoming a docuseries and where you guys could watch that because my friend is very talented and it's going to be something definitely to check out. And you have been, you had some homework as well this week, didn't you? I had homework as well there. And I know we we told you guys we're going to watch P-Valley, but P-Valley is very long for the one season. So we're going to use our hiatus um, in between this season and season four and we will get to that and we'll review it in season four. So this past week, I had time to watch Sky Rojo, uh, which is a Netflix show. It's, I believe, Spanish, but it has, like, the voiceover and the subtitles because I no speak Spanish. <laughs> and um, it's good. It's about, it's, I guess it sounds like, you know, kind of like... Your classic storyline. Classic storyline. Dead hookers and shit, right? Of course. <laughs> classic. Everyone's, everyone's favorite punchline. Oh, my God. So cute. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love that for us. Um, but no, okay, so first warning that there's like sex, nudity, violence, blood, um, all that, all that juicy stuff. So the kind of storyline, the premise is that there are three prostitutes, um, who work in a brothel or a club and they are on the run from their pimp and his henchmen, um, uh, Coral, Wendy, and Gina. And they, uh, yeah, they like, they escape after, uh, killing him. They kill their pimp and then they run. Uh, so, first off, one of the henchmen is fucking beautiful. He is so handsome. I, like, had to Google him, and I, he's, I think he has a partner. But I was, like, <laughs> going hard in the Googs, and I was, like, finding <laughs> DMs. Uh, no, no, no. But, yeah, very handsome man, so that definitely makes it even more enjoyable to view. But it's, it's good so far. I'm halfway through. They, it starts off with the main girl, Coral. And she's walking, and there's a voiceover, and she says, um, I happen to be a pimp's favorite hooker. I used to be a housewife, and before that, a biologist. And that's, like, the first line. So I was like, I like this. Like, mm-hmm. I like that acknowledgement. I mean, I'm sure they're going to show a lot more problematic stuff. But I like that that acknowledgement of was like, yeah, like, 
you know, I had a partner, I had a house, <laughs> I was a housewife, and I'm educated, I was a biologist, and I'm a hooker. Like, yeah. that, that um, not one-dimensional view of a, of a prostitute or a sex worker. Yeah, that's really good, and, and quite the opposite angle to, like, I mean, in society's eyes, to go from, like, you know, a biologist is, a science degree is, you know, quite prominent to them being, like, a housewife, which is also, you know good in society to being um, a prostitute which is like not seen as good in society yeah, less well regarded, as opposed yeah. to like climbing up the ladder like I was homeless and then I was a drug addict and, I and then a man I was to a love me. Yeah. yeah yeah 100% um, one of the other things in that first episode they say is uh they're, they're showing their club, and they say, We spend our nights sitting on a red leather sofa, trying our best to inspire some desperate lowlifes to pay to have sex with us. And I was like, oh, I cringed, because I was like, oh. And I mean, again, this is based in, I believe, a, I don't know, a Spanish place. <laughs> I don't actually know what it's based of. Um, and they are... They, you know, they they have a pimp, and they they're they're full service workers in a country that's not Canada. So I can't remotely speak on full service or having a pimp or not being in Canada. But um, so maybe that is the reality for other women. But the fact that that comment of like the desperate low lives pay for sex, I was like, oh, that's such like a damaging and incorrect narrative for a lot of people. Um, but maybe. In that unique scenario, it's more um, realistic. Um, also, when they show the working girls, all of them are quite pretty and slender and like Victoria's Secret models. So I'm like, okay, it's a little unrealistic because, you know, there's a lot of different types of women that are in sex work now, um, which is a great thing. You know, body positivity and, and that and accepting that like and appreciating that a lot of different people like fuck with different things. Like, you know, some women, some women love... Short men, you know? Yeah. Some men love a bigger woman, um, curvy, or someone like a really flat-chested woman. Um, but I found this this show kind of portrayed them all to be very... Same type. Same type, model-esque. Typical, yeah. Yeah. Um, I like that the three working girls, like, stick together and, like, protect each other from their pimp. Um, I thought that was a nice thing to see, that kind of sisterhood, because that is very common in our industry, that that level of sisterhood. That's one of the reasons why I think we've talked about a lot, why we love our job so much, is the women that we've come in contact with um, and the friends we, friendships mm-hmm. we've developed. Um, Which has honestly left out, or often left out of the narrative of sex workers and it being, like, isolating and damaging and stuff like that. Definitely, definitely. Um, completely agree. Uh, Coral is naturally, you know, a drug addict, as as um, all hookers portrayed are. Um, so that was like, ugh, do we need to add that? But again, different situation. You know, they have a pimp. She's, you know, um, working in a country that I'm not familiar with. Yeah. So maybe that is more common for women working in brothels in that area. Um, but she was a function, and I like this addition they had. They showed her that she was also a drug addict when she was a housewife too. Okay. So it it, it you know sometimes I say of course she's a hooker she's a she's a drug addict or of course she's a drug addict she's a hooker it's like no no this started before she be started hooking, um so that is noteworthy. Um, what else did I kind of take away from it? One of the girls is tricked into hooking uh, to support her family. Bamboozled. Bam- hoodwinked. Um, <laughs> so, and I think that hoodwinked is... Hoodwinked into hooking. Yeah, and from what I've heard, that is a real thing in um, for certain people, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, side note, I want Wendy's hair. It's like this beautiful blonde. She has like these dark brown eyes, and it's just, it's yeah, it's great. 
as straight hair goals. And um, Wendy is a thousand percent me. If you watch the show, you're totally gonna when you watch it. When you watch it, you are hundred percent gonna be like that bitch is Danica. Um, <laughs> she's always has her guard up. She hates men. She's always protecting the other girl. She's the one that kills everyone for them. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I um, I'm enjoying it so far. I'm halfway through. Um, I think you guys should check it out. Sky Roja on Netflix. It has the voiceovers. So you don't have to read the subtitles. Um, there's at the last episode I just watched the uh, henchman. I think it's a henchman that says it. Um, he makes a comment saying that the prostitute's love story uh, works backwards. You start by fucking, and then it turns into love. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I never really, like, thought of that, of how, like, when women, like, fall in love with, like, their tricks and their tricks and then become, like, a real relationship. It's, like, the opposite of every, like, rom-com. Yeah. You know, I feel like it's just, like, more realistic to dating. Nowadays, 100%. In, like, nowadays as well. Yeah. 100%. Um... So yeah, so go check that guys out. Uh, check out the podcast. Check out this guy Rojo. Um, feel free to message us. Let us know what you guys think about that. If you think our reviews of them are completely off, um, you can tell us what you guys think. So more a little uh, food for thoughts um, while we leave you for a hiatus, um, which is honestly like a, not even two week hiatus. I just need like a little break, <laughs> <laughs> and I need to I need to line up the next uh, guest. But. Um, not all men. Have you seen this trending lately? Yes. So, obviously, that's a super common thing. People all say, um, not all, dot, dot, dot. But usually, it's repeated by not all men. So, it's like, oh, men are dangerous. Not all men. Oh, men men rape women. Not all men. You know, I'm scared of men. Not all men. Um, so, a lot of people I'm seeing, because I'm on the Tic Tacs now, um, a lot of uh, Tic Tacers, Tic Tacers, um, they're... Doing that, like, not all men um, kind of, like, parody almost or kind of, like, challenge kind of thing. And, or maybe it was on, I don't know, it was on one of the social medias. And, uh, like, I like this one. It was, like, if I gave you five jelly-filled donuts and told you two of them were filled with period blood, would you still want to eat the jelly-filled donuts? Like, you, like, you know what I mean? Like, and that's the thing. It's like, well, and then it's like, not all donuts are period blood. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I mean, like, it's true, right? Like, even if one out of five are dangerous, like, you have, it's completely logical. Dangerous period blood. <laughs> period blood. Um, it's completely logical to be weary of all five. And yes, not all five of those jelly-filled donuts are period-filled, but that's, that's, how you survive is being weary and aware that some of them are. So I like that challenge, like the not all man comment. Yeah, I've had the same sort of, a very similar uh, metaphor to you is if you, if you play Russian roulette and there's one bullet and six chambers, yeah, of course, not, not every shot will kill you, but there is a bullet in one. Yeah. And that's enough for anyone to maybe not want to play with the fucking gun. You know? Yeah, well, exactly. And that's probably a better analogy because... You're going to taste the period blood, gross, whatever, but if it's in real context of men, trigger warning, it's not period blood you're going to be dividing into. You can be brave and killed. So the stakes are a lot higher, right? So yeah. not completely agree. So I thought that was something I was just kind of thinking on this past couple of weeks. Um, when I see it, I'm like, I have a little smirk and I'm like, yes, <laughs> I like this. <laughs> the next little uh, thing I've been thinking about lately was... I was listening to a podcast, as one does, as I do, and they were talking about having cell phones as a kid. Did you have a cell phone as a kid? 
I was not allowed a cell phone until the year before I got to high school. So I think I was allowed one when I was 12. Fuck, 12 sounds so young. young. Right? I know. And, and I think, then, of, think of stuff, like, I mean, you were 12 at what year? In what year? 2000? Okay, let's fuck? not age me. No, but like, no. yeah, you were like, you're obviously younger than me. So you were, what the fuck were you talking? It was like a flip, like the iPhones weren't even out. It was like. Uh, you would have been like 2007 or something, right? When you were 12? Yeah, so, like, you aren't even yet at the age when, you know, uh, I don't think Instagram was around yet, was it? Oh, my God, no. Right? Because Instagram was was just coming out when I was leaving high school to age myself. And um, so when we were younger and having phones, yeah. like, you know, you could play Snake on your phone. That was exactly it. I had the, that Nokia brick phone that you could take the front case and the back case off and change what the phone color was. Yo. Exactly. I fucked with that, yeah. And it was uh, free texting after 7 p.m. and weekends. And, I mean, I don't even think I really used my phone when I was... Like, 12, I had it because um, my parents had split up. My mom went back to university, so it was a good way to, like, keep um, tabs on me. Like, I, yeah, I could literally know where I was going. Exactly. Yeah. But even in high school, I would, like, wait until after 7 p.m. or the weekends and then text my friends. And then once that stopped, like, I didn't put any money on my phone. And, I yeah, I didn't have – I think the phone after that, it was a flip phone, like the Motorola's. Yeah. Um, so, again, yeah, it was like you could take real it. fucking shit photos on it. But, yeah, I didn't – I don't even think I had Instagram till um, after high school. I was still on, like, MSN Messenger, you know? Yeah, I wasn't even allowed that. Fuck. But, um, but yeah, like, I – the only reason I got a high uh, got a high school. The only reason I got a cell phone was because my parents. Obviously, I've talked about on the podcast before. My parents were quite strict growing up, uh, still strict. <laughs> my mom the other day, I was at her house, and I was gonna go meet my girlfriend for um, for brunch. And she's like, "Where are you going? Who are you going with? When are you coming back?" I was like, "Yo, mom, I'm 30." And she's like. I said what I said. Yeah. Where are you going? When are you going back? Like, you know, I mean, obviously it's like, because uh, they care, which is nice. Nice to have people care about you, um, I guess. But uh, the only reason I got a cell phone was because my I have an older sister, uh, a couple years older than me, and she was definitely the one that, you know, was more rebellious. And they told her she can have a phone, and she went and snuck and got a phone, and they found it. So then they bought me a phone in spite of her. You know, super mature. Um, I mean, fuck, their immaturity works in my favor, so that's fine. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I think the phone that I got, I got from, like, my stepsister, who must have been, like, I, I think she's, like, five or six years older than me. And she, her, the Nokia was just, like, her old phone. And yeah. so she, like, gave it to me on the sly um, because of the free texting. Otherwise, I wouldn't have had a cell phone that young. Yeah. No, I, I can't remember how old I was. I was definitely in high school when I had it. But, yeah, there was no social media. Social media literally was not a thing. Not even when I was in high school. I think because, what, Facebook started in 2007, I think? Something like that, 2007? I th- I'm going to say yeah. 2007. I'm not confident with that, but I'm going to say 2007. And then I, I graded, like, and it wasn't big yet. Like, people weren't really having it. So, like, mm-hmm. there wasn't even, like, there was MySpace, right? But I wasn't allowed MySpace. Um, we had one called Bebo. Bebo I've was heard really that big in uh, New Zealand and Australia. I don't know how big it was, like uh, over here. I don't think it was that big. Here. No one's heard of it, but like, there's definitely absolutely embarrassing uh, photos. If I could find, if I could get into my Bebo, I think I would just be so embarrassingly happy. <laughs> um, and I've tried, but yeah, like it was the same as MySpace. Like you could, you had a wallpaper that you could 
um, change and music that you could put on and you had your other half. So it was like the whole like best friend competition. It was like the first friend on MySpace. Oh yeah. And then every day you had three hearts to send to people as well. Kind of like likes on Facebook. Yeah. I wasn't allowed any shit like that. So I would go to my girlfriend's house who her parents were more lenient than mine. And I would... Every time I was over, I'd have to make a MySpace, have it for a couple hours, and then delete it before <laughs> I went home because I wasn't allowed to like that. And my mom was like a fucking sleuth. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just so I always sit back and think like, fuck, to go back to high school now with the technology now and the social media. Oh my god, so fucking crazy because that was just not a thing when I was in high school. We thought eating disorders. Were, well, actually, you know what though, I feel like there. Uh, pardon. I feel like there are higher beauty standards for younger. Like, if you look at, you know, 12-year-olds then versus 12-year-olds Oh, my now. God. They're, like, fucking 30-year-olds now. It's crazy. And, I mean, I, I guess I shouldn't really talk about this because I'm not in the younger generation. But I feel like the generation that's growing up with social media and phones now are also growing up with a lot more body t- um, positivity. They're not growing up with the same stick figures, um, Paris Hilton-looking bitches that we did in, like, the 90s and early 2000s. Um, there's more plus size models on on magazines and more talk about, you know, like normalizing normal bodies. Yeah, but I guess I mean like then you know, I think like what's normal? Some people are naturally very slender. Some people naturally have no ass and no breast, you know? And right yeah. now the Kim Kardashian, you know, extreme hourglass figure is what's in. So I wonder if back in my you know, my high school, when you were if you were over a hundred pounds, you were like shamed for it. Now, if it's probably, like, if your ass is under a certain circumference, you're ashamed for it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm sure there's still as much, yeah, as much as we like to think that, like, body positivity is, um, you know, obviously it is, but to what degree does it trump body shaming in the younger year, in the younger generation? I wonder. I, I, it'd be an interesting yeah. study, for sure. I mean, I'm also on the the ticket talks mm-hmm. and the talks <laughs> and I... Like, maybe it's just the people I follow. Like, maybe I've put myself in an echo chamber like this. But there is that one woman who... Or the one... I think she was, like, 17 or 18 when she got famous on TikTok. And she has uh, definitely, like, a bigger body type. Um, and she does all the same TikTok dances and, like, wears crop tops. And, you know, crop tops is for everybody. Kind of, like, mm. pushes that. And so, yeah, I, I do wonder... I guess if you're following more people your age, then maybe it's more, like positive I, I don't know like I, yeah, as I said yeah. maybe I put myself in an echo chamber but yeah I mean the, again the Kim Kardashian look is our our generation like the older generation and having gone from like skinny is it to mm. big butt but still a skinny white like still kind of very unattainable for yeah um the average person mm-hmm. and I think that I mean from what I've seen and if you know or if you are in the younger generation um first of all it's 18 plus please don't listen um, <laughs> <laughs> no but like is it are bodies more accepted in just high school if you're not looking at you know pop culture and famous people just like across the board your social media is what is yeah what slaps yeah, tell us what slaps, please, <laughs> if, if we're allowed to say that. Um, yeah, I think it's, I mean, we're getting off a little topic now by cell phones, but I think, uh, I, would I want to go back to high school with the technology we have now? Yes, in the sense where I think learning is a lot easier now. There's mm-hmm. so much more at your fingertips. When I was in school... I had to go to an actual library where there was a place where books were held. 
um, not audibles. And I had to go there and I had to, you know, physically look at a book, do my research, um, actually write out my own, you know, APA formatting. Um, but there's so many apps now that kids can use so much yeah. like your, the internet. It's, it's crazy. I remember when I was in school and I didn't have a computer my girlfriend didn't have a computer at her house and we'd have, um, assignments that required computers and we'd have to tell a teacher, like, we don't have a computer. Like, <laughs> yeah. I sound like I'm archaic. I mean, which I am, but... Um, At my high school, we had one computer in every classroom, and it was, like, that shit, like, Windows 95. Oh, yeah. So slow. And then I remember halfway through middle school, our school got its first computer lab, and it was such a big thing, and there was, like... I think there was probably like 20 different classes and everyone had a slot where you'd come in and learn how to use the computers. Yeah. And it was like, it was like this huge yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. And I remember like the first assignment I did on it was like tubercular, like on tuberculosis and just like being able to fucking Google shit. Yeah. Assignment was like crazy. And now I feel like every person just has their own laptop. Yeah. I mean, we're starting to sound a little bit like we're like fucking 90, but I, I do think it's insane how much, Shit's advanced. And I was saying this to my parents um, last week when I was talking to them. I was like, isn't it crazy? Like, you know, like those kids nowadays. But it is. Um, I feel like a degree's easier now. Like, I don't know. Like, even, yeah, I started university in 2009. 2000? Oh, holy fuck. I started, <laughs> I started university 12 years ago. Right? Yeah. yeah. 12, like, over a decade ago. I'm, I'm going to go cry for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks guys That's for listening. It, I'm never uh, going back. Um, Jesus Christ, yeah. Fuck, different times. Different times. Yeah. Um, so yeah, cell phones. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, <laughs> uh, the other thing I was seeing online in like the sex worker community, Instagram, was um, how people react when their ex comes into the club as they're working. Um what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I would be absolutely fucking bomboozled because... Hoodwinked. Hoodwinked. Duped. <laughs> <laughs> Taken completely off guard. <laughs> um, because my exes don't live in uh, Vancouver. They flew there just to yeah. see your pussy on stage. <laughs> um, yeah, I think... Yeah, you know what? I don't know. I, I feel like I can't really speak on that. I feel like if they were coming in to see you or because they knew that you were working that would be really fucking weird but if they if you started after you were together with them they didn't know or if you met there so you know that they're a regular anyway um I would maybe feel differently about it but I yeah I I guess I don't really speak on that like I'm pretty I don't know nobody here yeah I I feel like the sex work community online like takes it so seriously like they'll be like I, I the thing I originally saw was saying um, how to handle your ex coming to the club and then like how to ask a manager to make him leave and how to like have me and most managers will let you um, like not what's the what's the in real life version of blocked ban ban <laughs> <laughs> help me um, ban them and I was like what the fuck I was like yo first off no club I've ever fucking worked at is gonna ban nobody for a fucking dancer unless they're like even, oh my fuck, even sometimes if they are um, a physical threat to a woman, they mm-hmm. still won't ban the fucker. They don't give a fuck. They want their money. Um, I've never seen a club take it seriously it outside of Fort Mac, which did take shit like that seriously. Uh, props to them. Um, but yeah, like, yo, why you, 
I mean, what kind of exes you got that, like, you're that worried about them being the club? Like, yeah. I also just, yeah, I can't see any clubs I know. If it was if it was merely because you're uncomfortable, I cannot see a club being like, oh, that man makes you uncomfortable. Okay, let's, let's have him removed him. so you can hustle better. Um, I mean, do I think if he's a danger um, or that he's in, intentionally doing things to throw your game off, which in turn fucks up their bag as well, the clubs, um, should there be, should you be allowed to ban the person or have them removed for that day? Yes, but also in the same breath, like, you don't grow the fuck up. You're working. If he's not a serious threat to you or to anyone there, um, keep your fucking head high, make your fucking bag, you're at work, you know? Like, I'm big on not bringing in personal shit into work, um, so... I don't know. Yeah, I mean, as we, like, we always use the analogy of a server, right? Like, if your ex comes in to a restaurant and you're serving, like... Don't serve them. Don't, or, you know... Choose a different area. Swap a table with a girlfriend or suck it up, right? Like... 100%. Okay, as we said... At the start, this is going to be the season finale. I feel like it's been a little bit of a boring one, to be honest. Um, <laughs> we got another quiz, guys. We That's have, it. We have quizzes. <laughs> um, no, season three has been a fucking blast, uh, as always. Thank you so much for all the support and love. Um, you guys are amazing, and I look forward every time I get a DM. Uh, I love watching you guys in the comments, interacting with one another. It's... I love the community that we've created, and you all mean a lot to me. Not to be too cheesy, but a little bit of Parmesan. Um, <laughs> oh my god, I'm so old. You are <laughs> so old and uncool, and that's why I need a hiatus. Um, it's been really good. <laughs> oh my god, see, this is why we're friends. <laughs> You're as lame as me. Um, but no, we're going to take, I don't want to call it a hiatus, a, a, honestly, a mini break. I'm going to probably get the second, um, the second episode. The fourth season will probably be premiering in two weeks. Um, Riley and I have just been very busy with all our other things that we just need to um, take a minute and, you know, uh, get back on board on all our stuff organize everything. I'm going to line up all the new guests for this coming season, which leads me to my next thing. If you guys have or yourself want to be a guest on the pod, there are, I believe, 12 openings for guests for season four. So definitely DM or email me 50plusatip at gmail.com and give me your suggestions or let me know why you would be going to be on the pod and we can organize that. Uh, and especially, there's certain certain people we'd love to talk to. We'd love to talk to more um, men in the industry mm-hmm. or male identifying. Um, we would love to talk to more individuals of color um, and their experiences because all oh, we we really want all voices to be heard, and mm-hmm. and we're interested in hearing in hearing your experiences. Yeah, I would also love to hear uh, experiences on uh, either transgender or non-binary sex workers and how that looks different to to us. Definitely, definitely. And we have some people in mind who we're going to be reaching out to over the next couple weeks to organize as well. But as always, it's always open to you guys and your friends and people you recommend. So definitely hit us up with that. Uh, Recapping season three, it's been fantastic. We had a lot of good, not even good, amazing, great, fabuloso discussions and 
And uh, whatever you bring, see three seasons in, still still can't get it right. Uh, what have been your your favorite takeaways from last season three? Some of my favorite episodes. Yeah. Um, I there has been some really good ones. I managed to get my top five slash six. So in no particular order. Um, I obviously really loved um, Courtney LaParisi's interview that we did. That was the MasterChef winner of season five, yeah. um, who came out as a sex server on the show. It was really great to talk to her about what it was like to come out so publicly, and now she's very unapologetic about it. And it was uh, such an honor to to chat to her. Mm-hmm. Um, Samantha Mack and Derek Pierce were also great interviews. It was really interesting to hear. Um, I mean, I've never worked in porn. I don't know anyone who works in porn. So to be able to have a conversation about that and then, you know, have people that are very experienced and award-winning and on a uh, bigger platform, was it was really educational and um, interesting. Uh, Tamara, obviously, or Tamara, sorry. Um, You're right, it's Tamara. Is it? Yeah. I swear to God she said Tamara. Really? Yeah. Huh. News to me. Girl, Go us, on. Get, let us know. <laughs> um <laughs> It's surprising how little I knew about my rights. Yeah, um, Yeah, so that was really great to have her on. And then some lighter episodes that I really enjoyed this season was the one with my girlfriend, Sniff Tiff. Yeah. Um, that got me into panty selling. Mm. And also, I really enjoyed our conversation with Chloe, uh, the host of Tri- Strippers Podcast. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the interviews that we do are really amazing and educational, but it's definitely lovely, a lovely change of pace to just... Uh, shit talk with someone else who who gets the industry right. Hundred percent, no, definitely. I mean, I it's hard to narrow it down for an entire season because I I do for 25, 25 episodes every season. Mm-hmm. We're on episode seventy five now. You know, twenty five times three. Um, and <laughs> just in case you guys want mathletes out there, I know whores are dumb. <laughs> um, and uh, no, it's it's been fabulous. Like I said, uh, my top five uh, episode fifty seven, and honestly, most of them are the same as you. Episode fifty seven, Samantha Mack, uh, porn actress, director, producer, knows her shit. There's a two-parter because we had so much to talk about. She's funny, um, well-articulate, knowledgeable. I really, really enjoyed discussing with her her experiences in porn. Um, on the same but opposite side of that, episode 59 with Derek Pierce, a male porn actor. We haven't had the pleasure of talking to too many male um, identifying people in the industry, especially um, like cis uh, mm-hmm. ma- males. Um, and talking to him again was an absolute pleasure. It was nice to hear from that male perspective in porn. And I think he had a lot of good advice for people interested in the industry. Episode 61, my girlfriend, Nicole Hodges, uh, sexual freedom philosopher, author, journalist. I've always, always loved sitting down and talking to her in my personal life. So it was a pleasure that we could share that with you guys because, uh, she's hilarious and I love everything she's doing towards, um, you know, sexual sex, sexual liberation, and um, not only explore, watching her come into her own and having explored um, her own sexuality and and navigating that, but helping other people to do that as well. Um, it's been a pleasure to watch her over the years, and and sharing that discussion with you guys was was great, and we got a lot of great feedback um, with that episode. And then I, I say the same thing as you, episode 69 with Courtney LaPresse, um, who is the Master Chef winner and adult entertainer. Um, that was probably one of the most popular episodes uh, this season. We got so much feedback about it. So it got so many hits. People loved listening to her, and especially seeing someone 
on um, on that large of a scale for MasterChef, um, which is huge. And if you guys don't know, it's the, it's the Gordon Ramsay show. Um, and and having her represent us on that show is an honor. And I think, um, I think yeah, I think we both really loved sitting down and talking to her, and you guys clearly loved listening to it. And then my fifth one would be, obviously, episode 75, uh, Tamara Dotri. Uh, she's a university professor and sex work researcher and sex worker ally. She's been a friend of mine for uh, many years now, and I, you know, guest lecture at her um, for one of her classes. And she's one extremely, extremely knowledgeable, but she's also someone who is has such a big heart and cares so deeply for the sex worker community. And she is such an amazing ally to our community that um, I'm really, really glad that we got to share her with you guys and and learn a lot from that episode as well because, like I said, she, she knows her shit. And, uh, and it, it's, it's always, not to be dramatic, but it's kind of like that, like, that, like, little bit of hope when you see someone who's not a sex worker fighting for sex workers' rights. Because um, being real, it gets exhausting being the only one fighting for your rights, you yeah. know? Um, so, yeah, those are, those are definitely my top five takeaways but honestly every every episode's a pleasure we get to talk to some amazing people and get to and it's and it's so rewarding to give a voice to people and and connect with you guys and obviously doing it with my best friends has been uh it's been amazing (laughs) um but no it is it's nice to sit down and and debrief with each other on on the scale that we get to you know we've been hitting um ridiculous numbers like I said the other day isn't it crazy to you to think like thousands of people uh, listen to us shoot the shit yeah. <laughs> like weekly <laughs> like I don't know why y'all here but we appreciate yeah, it yeah <laughs> thank you um yeah no it's been it's been a blast and I'm looking forward to season four again uh message us if you guys have even topics you guys want us to cover people you want us to reach out to if you want to be on again message us and we'll make it happen as um as I always say you can also message us with your questions we had a bunch of good ones come in this week so the first one is a little bit of a trigger warning so it is from a male, and they say, I can't, it's trigger warning because it's a male. <laughs> trigger warning, we're going to let a male speak. Um, no, I joke. Uh, they go, can I discuss something with you that I've been feeling lately? Honestly, I sometimes feel ashamed to be a man because whenever I hear something about a woman being raped, I feel disgusted that my gender would do this, and it makes me feel ashamed and sick, and I feel helpless when I can't help those women. So, that, one, it's good that women being hurt causes you to feel anger that it's happening. I would hope that we all um, are upset when we hear that anyone is hurt. Um, But I encourage you to use that anger and do something productive with it. Um, you know, not some toxic masculinity bullshit where you're screaming and punching walls. Um, you know, for example, if, you know, this person is of the age where they are in a university or a high school, um, or even, even outside in the community, start a group for men, um, in your community or at your school to aim to unlearn toxic masculinity or, you know, even maybe like a safe walk group where people, um, after, uh, like after class or after a gig at your work or a shift at your work, um, there's someone there who can help them help women walk safely to cars 
Um, and maybe obviously having women in that group as well, so it's not a woman getting walked to her car by another man that she's uncomfortable with. Um, maybe there has to be some, obviously some kind of screening process to that, but a safe walk group or, you know, unlearned toxic masculinity group, um, those are just, you know, some, some ways off the top of my head that you can, you can do things to help combat, um, on a smaller scale that who knows, maybe it becomes a bigger scale. Yeah. I mean, I would say you could start smaller even like if you don't want to if you don't want to be in that sort of leadership role just start educating yourself first of all about definitely yeah about um microaggressions and small things that are said and then start calling out your peers if you see someone do something that um you know is some type of uh harassment towards women coming on too strong from a woman um touching a woman inappropriately rape jokes, anything like that, like call them out. You need to start with the people around you. Definitely. No, I completely agree. And I'm like, shoot for the stars. But like, yeah, yeah. you're completely right. Check with your, do a little, yeah, inner inner work and check that you're not potentially a problem in some situations, um, even maybe unintentionally a problem. Yeah. Um, this is perhaps like not the best way to go about it, but um, I, my partner, Mike, who we had on the um, show, sorry, he wasn't my one of my top fives. <laughs> oh yeah, he wasn't my top five either. <laughs> Next, next time. Uh, I talk to him all the time. It's fine. Um, yeah. But he was in a club once and some guy walked past a woman and did the whole like hand on the waist as he walked by kind of like quote, like I'm doing air quotes right now, like moving her out of the way. And so Mike turned around and did that to that guy, like put his hand on his waist as he like moved him out of the way. Good um, boy. And I mean, he's in my top five now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, that's not always the case, but like noting it and doing something about it or saying something about it is, is where you need to start. Yeah. Yeah. And just like we said, it's gives us hope when we see non-sex workers allying, allying with us and, and fighting for our rights. It's the same as a woman. When you see a cis male, um, you know, standing up for you against other men, it's, it does, it does mean a lot to see that. So definitely work to be that man in the room um, and encouraging other men to be those men in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, the next question here. Hi, I've been an on and off listener of the pod and really enjoy it. Then bitch, why you off? Yeah. <laughs> Just joking. Um, <laughs> next question. <laughs> so yeah, I've been an on and off again listener of the pod and really enjoy it. Just wondering if Danica is still on OnlyFans and if so, what's her site? Thank you. I have not been active on OnlyFans. I really used it um, when the pandemic really first began, the clubs closed. Um, but honestly, I've, and I've said this many times, OnlyFans, I give insane props to women and men and everyone on there who can make it a career because I don't have the time or energy to tame that beast. Um, and market myself and, and do all the very hard work it takes to be successful. Um, so I'm, I'm not actively on OnlyFans. I have it up still. I don't upload anything. I have some amazing <laughs> people like yourself who ask me, and that's very nice. Um, and I might, I might go back to it, um, you know, when I feel like making content or something. But right now I just don't have... The desire, and I'm one of those people. If I'm going to do something, I want to do it 110, um, and I just don't have that 110 in me to give OnlyFans right now. But um, maybe in the future, um, and I will keep you listeners posted and 
I posted on the um, Instagram if I decide to to dabble with that again. And I know you, your OnlyFans was was short lived career, wasn't it? I I never started it. Oh, did, oh, I thought you I did it for like a day. No, or maybe maybe we just discussed it. No, that was camming. Oh, okay. <laughs> camming. I survived. I think a week, and I was like, I I cannot. Yeah. Um, no, I never started OnlyFans. I don't know why. I thought about it. I tried to take some pictures. I looked at the pictures. I thought, you know what? Not for me. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally get that. <laughs> um, next question here. Hi, Danny. Dan- oh, what's my name? Ooh. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Danny. Danny Lee. Danny Lee. Um, I'm from the South, Danny Lee. You know, I always have like Lee or like Anne or yeah. like whatever the fuck they add to it. Um, Jessica Anne. Jessica yeah. Marie. Yeah. Mary Kate Anne. Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Danny. Nearly a year after my last message and still waiting to get into the club work. Oh, a repeat. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm 36. The year I'd hoped to get into the industry was wasted due to COVID, so that's a valuable chunk of time gone already. My question is, how old is too old to be a stripper? I can easily pass for 10 years younger, but time's a wasting. Thanks for your time. Uh, addendum. Addendum. Because I sound like a cocky bitch, lol. <laughs> Appearing younger than I am is mostly due to being barely over 5 feet tall. Girl, I don't sound like a cocky bitch. Do it. I don't give a fuck. Like, you know, you hot. Own it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there is a too old to get into the industry. And that's one thing that Tamara was saying to us off air was that um, sex work is actually way more popular to get into when you're in your 30s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've said this before, I believe on the podcast as well, that one of my girlfriends, she retired from the sex industry at 43, I think. And I, when me and her talked about aging out, we talked about all those concerns. And she said, you know, I've, in my late 30s, early 40s, I've appealed to a larger demographic now because the older men like that I'm closer in age to them. So they don't feel as uncomfortable and we have more relate, like more to relate with. But the younger guys also like me because I'm like the hot MILF in their mind. You know, mm-hmm. and that's a huge, like the porn industry makes millions of dollars off the porn fantasy of MILF. So, yeah, I don't think it's ever too old I think it there's definitely benefits to coming to the industry at an older age because you know yourself you're probably more comfortable setting boundaries um so I think that that could be an asset to you to have that age but I mean that's like that saying it's like if not now then when and if not who then if not you then who and yeah, like, fuck, go go try it. It's better to do it now than be 45 wishing, oh, I should have done it in my 36, now I'm too old. And then you go 50, oh, now I'm yeah, too old. Yeah. Like, fuck, you're only 36. Like, I know in our industry, you know, 21 is old, which is yeah. insane. But in in the grand scheme of things, 36 is not old. Um, so I say go for it. Um, and then message us back. Let us know how it goes. Because I love, I love that you've touched base a year in saying, you know, this is where I'm at now. I love that. Keep us, keep us posted. We enjoy uh, staying with the story and, and yeah. being invested into your, uh, your happenings. The next question. Hey, baddies. Reaching out with a therapist recommendation and a podcast recommendation, too. I just signed up with the Gestalt Student Clinic. So that's G-E-S-T-A-L-T which is based out of Toronto, but they offer virtual counseling services right now, which is what I'm doing. During my intake, I let them know that a sex-positive, sex-work-positive 
oh, sorry, se- yeah, sex positive, sex work positive therapist was important to me, and damn, did they deliver. I'm so happy with this new therapist and the way the clinic handled everything on their end. They also offer a deep discount because the therapists out of the student clinic are fifth-year students and sessions are $40 a pop. If you haven't listened to Even the Rich, check it out. It's a mini-series all about famous people, famous families. They've covered Paris Hilton, Britney, the Kennedys, the Royals, etc. You got me hooked on the Scam Goddess one this week, so thanks for that. It's pure gold and speaks to my inner hustler. So thank you for writing in. Um, The Gestalt Student Clinic sounds great. So those of you who are reaching out with interest in wanting um, a sex work sex positive counselor definitely check that out um $40 a pop is crazy cheap so definitely take advantage of that and that's a meal on skip the dishes for your mental health yeah or half (laughs) if you're me and want to order everything um yeah no and then uh she said here uh that even the rich uh yes I have listened to that entire series. Um, they, I 100% recommend it as well. I flew through it. I think I told you to listen to it as well. Um, I love every... Like, those are, like, the things I love. I love a scandal, because I love, you know, and scams, <laughs> obviously. And I um, I love, like, famous people. I love Keeping Up with the Kardashians and Real Housewives. So it was, like, it's a blend of those mm-hmm. two. So I completely agree with her. Guys, definitely check out... The Scam Goddess Podcast. Okay, next question. I have an audition for a club. Are there any questions I should ask the management before I decide to take the job? Yes, there are definitely things you should check in with before just blindly accepting a gig. I know sometimes when, especially in audition, if you're given like the chance to get the job you auditioned for, you're like, well, I should say yes, I auditioned mm-hmm. here. But there are definitely things you should check in with the management first. So, uh, firstly... What is the floor fee? Those can range dramatically um, from states or um, even provinces. So make sure you ask that. Ask if you need um, a license to work. Those are things you'll probably need to do before you even start. What is the level of contact expected or allowed at the club? Because those are two different things sometimes as we have witnessed ourselves. Um, What else here? Do all girls do stage and VIP? Um, can you get away with not doing stage or can you get away with not doing VIP or vice versa? Can you pick the music for your stage sets? Do you need to prepare a stage set ahead of time with your own music and have that prepared for the DJ before you start your shift? Um, are stage costumes expected or required? Cause that's a big thing that you will need time to get a costume because especially if you're getting them uh, personally made, that takes time and money to do. Or can you just go up with whatever outfit you already have on as you're walking around the floor? Um, do you have to work a certain amount of days or hours? Some clubs are super lenient with how often or how little you come in or what hours you work. Some are very strict. Sometimes it's scheduled. So make sure you know that. Uh, is it scheduled work days, like I said, or can you come in whenever you want? You know, you don't want to miss a schedule and get in, get in trouble um, at a new club you just started at. Are there any clothing requirements or restrictions? For example, do you need to wear a gown or a thong or pasties, etc.? Um, that's, I think, more so for American clubs. They can be pretty strict about what you're wearing on the floor. Uh, here, in, here in Canada, I see it's a little more lenient. And then can girls drink on shift? If you're someone who cares to drink, um, you should probably know ahead of time if that's actually even allowed or if it's just virgin drinks only. Um, Can you sit with clients? I know certain clubs I've worked at, 
you can only sit with a client for five minutes unless they're paying you or the club will start taxing you for that time. And um, can girls give out or take information from clients such as a phone number or Instagram? Some clubs, whenever you're there, an independent contractor, you can do whatever you want um, with regards to seeing clients outside the club. Some clubs are very particular that the clients that are in the club are their clients and you're like never allowed to have contact with them outside the club. And some clubs can be very strict about that. So uh, make sure you're asking those questions. Those are just off the kind of the top of my head. Those are the first ones that come to mind. But how about you, Riley? Do you have more to add? Yeah, just to add on to that, uh, the level of nudity that is expected and allowed. So I know at the club, some clubs here, you're expected to be fully naked by the end of um, a song. Uh, I know that some clubs in America, you aren't allowed to take your bottoms off. Um, also, can you leave if it's dead or are you expected to stay until the end of the night? And can you sell time? So half hours and hours. And also, uh, how mu- I'm not sure if you said this, how much the tip out fee is um, per dance, per half hour, an hour. And then also you should ask what is expected of you to tip out at the end of your shift to DJs, um, etc. And, you know, get a ballpark of what a reasonable price is. You don't want to end up with the shit shifts just because you uh, didn't tip out someone or tipped out someone not as much as expected just because you didn't know yeah and I mean that does vary from club to club I've worked at um one club in Alberta where it was an automatic tip out of a dollar per song um and they took that off in front of you and then I've worked at some clubs where it's kind of like you know the unsaid rule and if you don't tip out then you're getting shit on for the next Mm -hmm. however amount of time which is bullshit because tipping shouldn't be it should be um optional not not required because then that's the whole point of a tip but um yeah it varies place to place um but with all that being said some of these questions you got to use a little common sense with who you're asking um management might give you a certain answer because it's more beneficial to them as opposed to if you go ask a girl in the change room questions she might give you something a different answer because it's more beneficial to her some might look out for you more than others do so some of these things are questions you should ask up right to management, such as, you know, what's floor fee, scheduling, all that. Some of them I would sit back more and observe um, if the information you've been given is accurate mm-hmm. because, like, there is a lot of um, rumors and bullshit and, like, looking out for self that you see um, sometimes when you're asking questions from even management, which is unfortunate, but I've, I've been to clubs like that before, so... Um, how is your, what's your advice for how to, how to actually tackle these questions? Yeah, for sure. I think that some are really standard questions and they'll give you the straight up answer, but just confirm it with people too. Like, don't feel like you just have to ask one person and get that answer. Like ask around. And if there's discrepancies between what it is, ask more people, like mm-hmm. crowd surf your questions. Exactly. <laughs> because like, you're right. Like some girl in the changing room, um, might feel like you if you if you don't tip out this person then you'll get worse shifts and then it's less competition. Mm-hmm. Some might be honest um, because they like you or you know remember being a baby stripper once. Management might say a higher price because they want that tip out. The pocket. Um, yeah, I would uh, don't don't just ask one person and don't just take their uh, their answer. Definitely ask around and then ask again in a couple in a couple shifts as well, right? Like mm-hmm. new people and see stuff. The, yeah. Trust no one. (laughs) Yeah, trust no one. Uh, Next question here. Hi, I've been following you for a while and I've always wanted to dance but hadn't grown the confidence yet. And today went in for my audition and I start tomorrow night. Any tips for a baby stripper who's never touched a pole? Much love. Well, firstly, congratulations. 
Yeah. That's exciting. Exactly. Thank you for following and supporting. And yeah, congratulations on getting getting your, your gig and getting um, into the club. I would definitely suggest listening to episode six of this podcast. It's, you know, available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, mm-hmm. Google Play, Google Podcasts. Riley's gone into these, all these random ass places now. It's pretty much yeah, anywhere yeah. you turn, we're, we're there. <laughs> um, just like me. <laughs> exactly. Just like Riley. Uh, so definitely check out episode six because it's a crash course for baby strippers. And I put that together, pretty much tackling all the questions I often get asked by new girls coming into the industry. So that would be kind of your best um, condensed um, course to listen to um, if you are short on time and you just want to kind of get your um, get you're getting your foot in the door and you kind of want to just get the kind of most commonly asked questions. Um, that's pretty much yeah. That's pretty much what I'm going to direct you to because it saves us time having to repeat everything that's in that episode. But off the top of your head, is there anything you want to add? Uh, yeah, definitely learn to walk in your pleasers. Um, just, you know, around the house and stuff. First of all, they take a little bit to break in, especially if they need to be warmed up. And second of all, they just feel different. And the worst thing is getting to a club and walking around like fucking Bambi. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other quick bit of advice that I would um, give you is to invest in pole lessons. And I don't mean like learn all the tricks. That stuff is great. But prioritize being able to move smoothly around the pole and on the floor. Um, so take some like exotic dance classes, take some lap dance classes, just learn how to move smoothly. Like it's really great to be able to do tricks, but it's better off, um, moving smoothly and fluidly around the pole and on the floor than having that one trick that you can do on the pole, but being, um, a complete flamingo everywhere else. Mm -hmm. Um, also too, having years of experience with competitive dance, the biggest giveaway that someone doesn't know what the fuck they're doing or they're new or they don't have a background in dance is not pointed toes. Like if I see a sickled foot, I'm like, oh my God, this bitch. So please, please, please point your fucking toes no matter what the fuck you're doing. Even if you're not on the pole, like be graceful. It, it just elongates your lines. It looks so much better. Please, for God's sakes, point your toes, please. Um, and if you're flexing your feet, flex them with purpose. Um, those are the only two options you have. It's fully flexed or fully pointed. No sickling, no like half-ass uh, point. The word sickle gives me PTSD from right? my time in ballet. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please don't do that. Um, but yeah, if you don't know pole work, floor work is your best bet. Um, learn how to sexy crawl on the floor, and you can use up so much time in a song sexy crawling up to your up to your um, your audience in Pervro. Move slow. Uh, move slow. I And that's why I say when I do the dance workshop too, like... You're going to think you're moving slow, but move slower. Like, pretend like you're stuck in goddamn molasses, okay? Like, you'll. I never have looked at someone and been like, oh, she's moving too slow. This looks awkward. I've watched a lot of people be like, whoa, why is she, like, tripping out right now? She looks like she's, like, a poop. Crashing like, around like, on stage, yeah. 100%. So, yeah. But, again, listen to episode 6 of 50 Plus Tip podcast, and it covers a fuck ton of stuff. If you listen to that and you still have questions, by all means, write them in because... It helps other people to have those same questions that weren't answered in episode six. Next question. Listening to the newest podcast, episode seven with Tamara. Oh my good Lord. Forever slow clapping for this. Love this so much. If you ever have a legal consult on, can we hear about larger solutions for change? This was amazing. This podcast is a wonderful source of information. Also, I don't think I've ever asked. I'm a stranger, but love your content. How do you feel about messages like this? Messages with feedback like the one I've sent. Hey, Danny, great podcast. Boundaries, please. So one, thank you so much for the positive feedback and thank you 
for listening and I'm glad you're enjoying it and I'm glad that you enjoyed episode 74. Tamara was amazing. Like we both said, that was one of our favorite episodes mm-hmm. to record and we were excited to get out to you guys because super informative. I'm like, I have the biggest love for Tamara and what she does and everything she brings to the table and brings to our community. So I'm glad that it uh, translated like that to you as well. Your question being... Ooh, I'm a stranger and I love your content. How do you feel about messages like this? Messages with feedback. Boundaries, please. One, I think that's very sweet that you asked for our boundaries. Um, you know, sadly, it's more so, we all see that often with women asking other women boundaries and we really lack men asking boundaries. So take a note, male listeners, ask boundaries like this. With regards to your actual boundary asking question, I love having people ask me a question. It's a compliment that they value my advice. And it gives me content for the podcast because I use your guys' questions and I bring in some and it gives us content. But I also always love and welcome praise for episodes and it confirms that, you know, what I'm doing is something that others are enjoying and that they see value in it. So that positive reinforcement is muchly appreciated. And I also welcome constructive criticism about the pod as well. Um, I, to be honest, we don't really get it too often, but... But when we do... <laughs> when we do, honestly, it's usually someone that's, like, a little off their rocker, but, but yeah, um, if you guys have ever, yeah, positive, positive praise is, is great, um, but yeah, if you guys ever have things that you want to see different or things you want us to add in or any kind of advice or, um, constructive, uh, comments that you, you have, we welcome those as well. Uh, so yes, my boundaries with that are pretty much non-existent as long as it's presented in a a respectable way. How about yourself? Do you have any boundaries? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) no. I mean, just because like, I don't really have, I don't deal with the admin side of the podcast. I am very rarely contacted and very rarely bothered. So not really. (laughs) The only people that bother me are like the, the men that keep asking me to like come to their house. So don't do that. That's my boundary. Yeah, don't be creepy. That's our boundary. Um, everything with respect. But yeah, no, again, um, we always appreciate appreciate you guys writing in because, yeah, it, it at least that's how I feel. It really does um, reinstate that what we're doing here has value and that people, no, sure. people are enjoying it. And that's the whole point of this is it's, as much as it is for us to kind of, um, you Decompress. know, de- yeah, and yeah, and, uh, and therapeutic to talk shit through. And it's nice and it is a little, um, it's it's wild to know that so many people listen and, and hear our thoughts, and it's even better that those people that are listening are nodding along and not laughing at <laughs> us in a bad way. <laughs> Definitely laugh along with us. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, we appreciate it and we welcome it. So keep on keep on writing in. Keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on. On that note, uh, this has been long already, but we're not done. So we're gonna break this into a two-parter. So. After you're done listening to this first part here, go on and listen to the second part that we're going to record now, and we're going to cover the would you rathers and the most likely to that you guys answered on our Instagram story last week, and we're going to go over those responses and give our own answers and see how much we are in line with with you guys. Yeah, yeah. It's the Danica and Riley showdown. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so definitely check out the second part. It's going to be a good one. And thank you, as always, for listening. Once again, thank you for making this season amazing. Thank you for all the support and love. And we will see you on the on the second side of this. On the other side. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> Have a wonderful week. And happy hoeing. <laughs> <laughs>